Midwest, that city where they spent two times. Say now I'm from the city in the Midwest, rapping my state, my state. Say now I'm from the city in the Midwest, rapping my state. That's Ohio. I'm from the city in the Midwest, rapping my state. That's Ohio. Yeah, I'm from the city where they spent two times. Dope white boy, tell 'em I don't do lines, so I stuck up in the back though. Rip flat hat low, kick back lax flow, give 'em what they ask for. They don't know who I am, I think it's okay. Just clap for the no name. Ole, ole, shots to Patron. No way, Jose, Cincinnati boy, a bottle of Pete Rose. Gunner takes the snap, stands and fires. He's got Chris Moore down the middle of the field. He's off to the races again. They are not going to catch Chris Moore, who is going to go 78 yards for another Cincinnati touchdown. Kilpatrick drives all the way to the basket. Lefty shot. Good. 4.3 seconds left in overtime. He takes the shotgun snap. Short drop. Looking. Fires down the middle of the field. Caught by Kelsey. He's running away to the 30, the 20, the 10. It's a miracle. A touchdown for the Bearcats. Cumberland swerving into the lane. Great spin move. Right hand layup oh is good. Spin cycle. Add fabric softener later. On Gary Clark throws it back out to Troy Copain. 308 left. Evans for three. Got it from the left wing. What was that a big one? Tony Pike waits for the snap. Has the football. Short drop. Lobs one down the sideline for Bins. He's got it. Welcome back to my loyal listeners. You have found yourself on episode 17 of the Go Bearcats podcast. And as always, I'm your host, Brandon. I'm going to be joined here very shortly with a very special guest. Uh, his name is Eric. He runs the uh, Shockers Nation Twitter account. Uh, big time Wichita State basketball fan. That Twitter account, if you're looking for it, at Shocks underscore Nation. Uh, Bringing you everything that is uh, scores, news, recruiting, updates, everything out of Wichita. So uh, we're going to bring in him to talk a little bit about uh, the season that was uh, for the Shockers and the conference tournament that is that is very quickly approaching. It kicks off this Thursday for our Bearcats. It kicks off Friday at 3 against SMU. If the Bearcats pull off the upset, we will most likely face the Shockers once again. Before I bring them on here, of course, got to know what I'm drinking. Beer of the podcast comes to you from Christian Moorline. Another stout, uh, two stouts in a row, trying to clear the stouts out of the beer fridge as the uh, warmer weather gets here. This one is Power Stoutage. A cool looking little can here, only 5.7%, so nothing that's going to knock my socks off. It's a milk stout with coffee and cocoa, 23 IBUs. Roasty, got a little coffee there, maybe a little uh, bitterness from the cocoa. Uh, kind of hints of chocolate, not bad at all. Probably give this one about, probably about a Three two five three five maybe. Want to warm up here and see what happens. And without further ado, let's go ahead and bring Eric on the show. Let's start talking some hoops and see how the season turned out in what was probably a pretty turbulent season for the Shockers. All right, here he is. As mentioned before, Eric, first time on the Go Beer Cats podcast to talk some hoops. How's it going tonight? 
Hey, I'm doing good. Uh, thanks for having me. It's, it's good to be here talking college basketball. Absolutely. With a with a season that almost wasn't, uh, I'm glad we've made it this far at least. Yeah, it's been it's been a crazy ride. I'm, I know it's been crazy for Cincinnati and uh, it's crazy for Wichita State too, missing games all the time. But uh, March Madness, it's going to be fun. <laughs> Well, it's going to be fun for some. It's going to be uh, yeah. interesting to watch from the couch for others, uh, which is absolutely yeah. So we'll we'll talk. We'll, we'll jump into that here in a second, though. Uh, but Eric, I want to talk to you a little bit about the Twitter account, which is how I uh, I found you. Uh, what category you would be thrown into now, as my wife calls it? Uh, you would be a, a new internet friend. Uh, you're an account that I follow. I try to follow an account like uh, Shocker Nation uh, for each team in a conference, uh, you know, just to get their perspective on things. Uh, I was following one account uh, from, from, I forget what it was called, Shockerland or something maybe, and uh, didn't look like they had posted for a while. So I was trying to find a new one. I, I found Shocker Nation or at Shocks underscore Nation, which is you, and, you know, reached out because of the possible – uh, matchup. If UC can make it past SMU on Friday, uh, we will be playing the Shockers once again in the uh, next round of the conference tournament. And uh, I feel as though this season, the Shockers have not been talked about enough. So I, I want to talk about that with you here in a second. Uh, but before we get to all that, so tell me about uh, tell me about the Twitter account, or is there a blog associated with it? You know, how did why did you start it, and uh, how's it been going so far? Yeah, so uh, I've been on the Twitter hustle for probably uh, five years. Um, really, it just started out to push recruits. Um, I was really into recruiting, and at first, uh, all the followers I had are probably diehard fans who also, you know, cared about who Wichita State was recruiting, um, offering all that stuff. Um, so that's really how it started, and. Uh, over the years, it's become less about recruiting and more about just all things WSU. Uh, I mean, mostly basketball, and uh, yeah, we just got just got a lot of followers now that love Shocker basketball, love Wichita State. Um, for me, it's great because I get a chance to interact with fans. I don't live in Wichita anymore, so okay, um, you still give that sense of community. Uh, you know that. You can't get elsewhere. So, uh, yeah, it's it's been great. It's great that it's really grown, and um, yeah, it's been it's been a good five years. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, like you said, there you got you have uh, uh, seven, seven over seventeen hundred of uh, followers uh, on uh, at Shocks Nation. So definitely a good following there. Now, is there a, a blog or something associated with the account, or you just do everything through social media? Nope. Uh, just Twitter for me. Uh, okay. No blog or anything like that. Uh, I just try to keep it fun. So <laughs> nothing too serious. Keep it fun. Keep it simple. I like that. Yes, sir. All right. So, so let's, let's dive into the season here. I want to, I want you to sort of, you know, from, you know, your lens, your point of view, you know, most of my listeners are, are Bearcats fans or uh, craft beer fans that uh, tune in to hear me never talk about beer that often. So, before the season starts, uh, I would—I I mean, from my point of view, I, I would say 
Wichita State is sort of rocked by some, by a I don't want to say a scandal. That's that's a, a tough word, but uh, events that leave uh, Greg Marshall resigning uh, and the uh, maybe the future of the program a little in doubt as you know, to where it would be headed. Uh, could you uh, walk us through what that was like? You know, going into the season. Yeah. So just some background. Uh, so before Greg Marshall was hired at WSU, uh, we had been to one NCAA tournament in the last 20 years. So, I mean, uh, through the 90s were some really tough years, lots of losing seasons. Um, they had Mark Turgeon in the early 2000s, uh, some good NIT runs, and then a Sweet 16 in 2006. Um, then, you know, Greg comes along, I think, 2009, and he, he really resonated with the fan base. I mean, he, his style of play is really blue collar, preaches toughness, you know, rebounding, um, doing the little things, all that stuff. And uh, Wichita is a, is a really blue collar city. I think that really just, he, he was a perfect match for the fan base. Um, so, you know, I think most of us, kind of expected Greg to retire at Wichita State, you know, coach the next 10 to 15 years. Sure. Uh, you know, hang it up at WSU, uh, you know, right off into the sunset. We probably build him a statue, rename the arena. I mean, I think that's what everyone imagined. I mean, you know, talking to Final Four, undefeated season, um, winning big NCAA tournament games. So uh, people loved him. I mean, he was everyone called him the king of Wichita. Like he, he's a, he was by far the biggest celebrity in Wichita. He had a key to the city. Um, I mean, he was the guy and he loved that. And that was part of why people thought he was going to coach at Wichita state for the rest of his career. Sure. So, you know, when the news comes out, I mean, a lot of people, I think were just in denial. Um, here's someone that, Correct Go me ahead. if I'm wrong. Like I feel as though there were some like red flags over a maybe a season or or maybe an off season where uh, Wichita had some had some you know rec- some very favorable recruits that were uh, leaving after a season uh, or you know it seemed like there was like an alarming amount there for for a minute and yeah. Once that's, you know, once the, the Greg Marshall news broke, you're like, oh, that makes sense. Uh, mm-hmm. So what what was that like? You know, as like, I don't know, were you, uh, was there, you know, uh, were, was it was it a, uh, an open secret what was happening or or was it uh, something that, you know, the fan base w- was waiting on pins and needles as well about? Yeah, so for probably the first 10 years of, Greg's tenure at WSU, there really weren't any big name transfers. Uh, mm-hmm. The only guys who ever transferred were into the bench guys. Until uh, I think after WSU's first season in American, uh, Austin Reeves, who was a sophomore, uh, he transferred out to Oklahoma, and that kind of floored everyone because we we never lost, uh, you know, a starter key contributor to a transfer. And he was a great player. Ended up uh, first team All Big Twelve this year at Oklahoma. Um, so that was kind of the first one. I, I remember that season. Maybe there was 
two or three transfers. Um, but then the last couple of seasons, there was a lot, especially the last off season. Um, I think that did get questions, you know, coming up, but at the same time, you know, Greg was in the media saying, Oh, we need to get the right guys, guys who are bought in, not these guys who are trying to, you know, get their points every game. Um, so I think everyone just took that at face value and said, yep, yeah, we need to get, we need to get better recruits who want to play the Wichita state style and, uh, kind of stopped at that. Okay. So, so as, so, uh, Marshall resigns, uh, Isaac Brown was the interim coach going into the season. What uh, what was the reaction to the fan base on that? W- w- was it split? Uh, you know, speaking from experience, when uh, Mick Cronin left for UCLA, uh, a s- large part of the fan base wanted Nick Van Exel to be the next guy. Uh, you know, he kind of you know he tweeted out, uh, you know, I'm ready for the interview or, or something along those lines. Uh, turns out he never got one, and now we're here uh, getting blown out by Vanderbilt. Uh, deep in the season under John Brandon's second year. I've not lost faith in Brandon, but uh, there's definitely a large portion of the fan base who wanted, uh, you know, other options. Was that the same way uh, when Isaac was named uh, interim coach or did that go over a little more smoothly than anticipated? Well, so Cronin left uh, in the spring, right? Uh, Yeah. Okay. So, uh, this was a little bit different because Marshall was fired about two weeks before the first game. Not uh, ideal. Not ideal. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, there were still a lot of fans, including myself, who thought maybe we could go out and get someone to come in right away. Like uh, Sad Mata's name was thrown out there. I remember that. I think he's on the beach in Florida, but you know, people were like, hey, we should go get him or uh, – Adrian Griffin was another one, a Toronto Raptors assistant. He has ties to Wichita. Um, but they kind of, I think within a couple of days, they said, no, Isaac's going to be the interim head coach for the season, and um, we're not going to do a search until the spring. So that kind of killed that pretty fast. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I'd say so. I mean, with with uh, with. I mean, he's done a fantastic job. I, I, if I had a vote, which I don't, I'd definitely uh, pick him for conference coach of the year. I don't know when those announcements come out, but as far as what expectations were and what he delivered, I think he's done a, a fantastic job this season. Uh, with So you're, we're starting the season, uh, interim coach. Uh, Wichita State preseason was picked number seven at the time. Uh, and with you know everything that was going on, I thought that could have been kind of high for them uh, going into the season. What were what were your expectations around the fan base w- once the season was starting? Uh, yeah, I I don't think there was much. I I think we expected to beat you know East Carolina and Tulane and <laughs> <laughs> just prayed we got a couple more wins. I don't know. I mean, we had so much roster turnover again. Um, you know, we have a new point guard and Altariq Gilbert. Um, we didn't have any proven depth at center. Uh, I think there was like four guys coming back that have played minutes. So, yeah, I mean, your pick seventh, I think that was, that was pretty fair. 
given the circumstances. I mean, everything considered, uh, you just never know, you know, how many guys are going to have one foot in the door and one foot out. You know, they're thinking, okay, odds are, you know, spring comes around and we're going to get a new coach. You know, I don't want the school to choose my next coach. I'm probably going to transfer. So, luckily, uh, this team, I don't think, had much of that at all. No, I mean, no one's transferred. Everyone seems bought in. And um, I think for the fan base, it was kind of hard to get excited for this season because in the back of your mind, too, you're thinking, okay, uh, we've had probably average five transfers a year for the last three or four seasons. And how many of these guys are going to leave? Uh, once we get a new coach in the spring, you know, are, you know, if one of these freshmen blows up, is he going to hang around? And uh, that kind of happened with uh, rookie council who's having a really good freshman year. And mm-hmm. uh, people started talking right away. Okay. Do we keep Isaac, you know, just to make sure we keep this kid on our team because he's just, he's really good. And uh, so yeah, Isaac has passed all expectations. Got to be the coach of the year, I think. Um, I'm glad we didn't hire Thad Mata. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I don't know how that would have turned out. But the uh, season's been great so far. And, you know, Isaac is really a, a great players coach. The, the players love him. I don't think we're going to have a lot of guys transferring. Uh, everyone's bought in. They seem to be enjoying playing basketball, which honestly, the last couple of years under Greg, uh, you couldn't always say. I mean, maybe that was from a, for a lot of different reasons, but um, they're playing well and and things are going well right now for Wichita. So you you say you you know you started the uh, the Twitter account to sort of keep an eye on recruiting. Uh, so you know we we know uh, Coach Brown and, and his boys can win games. Uh, they quietly, I, in my opinion, uh, won in the regular season uh, in the American. We'll talk about that in a second. I want to talk to you about though is recruiting. Uh, is there uh, news on that front for Wichita? Uh, you know how's how's the reactions to to Brown been? As a, a recruiter, I know there. I know with COVID, uh, the dead periods there. That's all crazy and everything. You, uh, UC right now has zero recruits for next year and zero for the year after. Uh, I don't know what the hell we're doing, uh, but they're sort of chalking that up to, to COVID restrictions. What's that look like on the Wichita front? Yeah, uh, I don't think anyone knows how many scholarships we're going to have. I mean. Everyone can come back. We've got two seniors that start. I think Altariq Gilbert's on his fifth year of college, so I don't know what he's going to do. Trey Wade's the same. He's on his fifth year of college. Mm -hmm. Um, But Isaac, he's really seems like a player's coach. So, you know, he shouldn't have any problems, you know, sitting down with recruits' families and you know, getting them sold on coming to Wichita. Um, he hasn't been the lead recruiter at WSU for probably two or three years. He's okay. been the top assistant. Um, and his roots really are kind of the, like, deep south, Louisiana, uh, Mississippi, Alabama area. Uh, so 
honestly, I think that's a pretty good spot to, for them to be recruiting because you can sell kids on, hey, you know, you can come back home, play at Tulane, uh, Memphis, UCF, USF. Uh, yeah, for sure. Kind of sell them on that. But, you know, uh, when, when Wichita State joined the American, I think a lot of fans were thinking, okay, in the past – you know, we were doing it with two and three star recruits and we're having a lot of success. You know, what, what's possible with four and five star recruits. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Greg got several of those guys within the last couple of years. And I think it kind of turned out toxic in the locker room. He got several guys coming in expecting certain things, uh, you know, <laughs> Just because they're top 100 recruits doesn't always mean it's gonna it's gonna translate on the court. So, yeah, I don't think uh, Wichita State fans. I don't think we're as worried about uh, getting the four and five stars as much now as as getting the right guys that fit the system. And uh, yeah, we'll see. Time will tell. I bet they sign a couple guys in the spring, and then people will probably start uh, critiquing him then. For sure, and like I said, with COVID, I know they're they're moving and and moving dates around and all kind of stuff. So hopefully, uh, hopefully that sort of gets straightened out here soon. Let's uh, Eric, let's let's look ahead here to uh, let's talk about the season uh, for for Wichita State. They they uh, finish atop the conference. We're uh, eleven and two in the conference, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. All right, yep. so uh, I think we uh, dropped one to Houston and then got them back uh, later on in the season. What uh, with, with COVID protocols and the season is, is crazy. I feel as though this is the longest, shortest season I've, I've ever experienced. What yes. Walk us through the season, so some of the ups and downs that, uh, that the Shockers experienced. Yeah, they, uh, we started out with uh, – we were supposed to play in a tournament in South Dakota – with Memphis, uh, I can't remember who else. I know Western Kentucky was there, a couple other big name teams, and uh, we got COVID uh, once we arrived in South Dakota and had to drop out. Mm. So that was a big disappointment. Um, we missed three games, and then I think a week later we played Mizzou, and then we played Oklahoma State. You know, we lost to both of them, uh, but at that time those teams had played five or six games and we were just, we, we, we weren't ready. We were practicing like four on four at the time. So mm. uh, I think Cade Cunningham had a last second shot. We lost to him by three. So not too bad performances. And then, you know, coming to conference play and uh, we, we, man, we just won a lot of close games. We snuck by, I mean, we beat UCF by two and Tulane by two and, you know, they were winning, but it, it was never really that impressive. I think fans were just waiting for them to drop a game or two to a team they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. And uh, it got to the point where you're looking at the schedule and you're saying, okay, they're going to play Houston. Uh, Houston had owned us for the last couple of years. I mean, every game they came in, um, dominated us on the glass and just did what Houston does. And I think we were all thinking, okay, we're going to lose that game. I mean, it was a good run, but that's going to be the end of the road. Uh, but <laughs> turns out 
you know, we, we out rebounded Houston that game. They played great. Um, they're getting good looks. And really, since that game, uh, they've played two more since. They've been playing their best basketball of the season. So, um, you know, I still think Houston's the best team in the league. I think if WSU and Houston both play 20 games, Houston probably comes out on top. Um, but, you know, zero games were canceled because of Wichita State having COVID. Mm-hmm. So we we really did everything we could. We were there to play every single game. Uh, we tried to play SMU four times. Yeah, None of them yeah. worked out. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you heard. Uh, apparently, the league requested Memphis to come to Wichita State last week instead of Houston. And Memphis said no. So I saw that. I, I, I tweeted about that. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like, you know, as a team, they, they try to play every game they could. They are up for the competition. So, at the end of the day, you won the games you could play. And I think you have to celebrate it. I mean, it's a championship. You get the trophy. So, cut down the nets. Yeah, exactly. First AAC trophy. I mean, I think we still have nightmares from when Nick Cronin brought in his guys, uh, Duran and. Man, who else was on that team? Uh, uh, you're talking about the year with uh, like Gary Clark. Yeah, Gary Clark and um, uh, Trey Scott was on that team, and J- uh, Jacob Evans, uh, Jaron Cumberland. Yes, yeah, yes, yes. That was those were some good games. Um, that was so, yeah, year, I mean, well, that was the year I think Wichita State broke our home winning record. Or we had like won like thirty some in a row, and then Wichita State came in, beat us, and then we came in and won on Senior Night, the last game of the season, yeah. maybe. Yeah, last game of the season. Yep, I, All, I think it was for the title. I think it was for the outright. We were both tied. Um, that was a season that Cincinnati played at NKU, right? Uh yeah, yeah, that was Gary Clark's senior year. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, good times when when we were at top of the conference. I remember those days. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's let's see. So the the season overall fifteen and four, eleven and two in the conference. Uh, so that's good enough for the, for the top seed in the uh, in the conference tournament that's coming up this weekend. Uh, you know something that I said uh, on uh, Twitter or maybe uh, on the, my last episode here that I was talking about. This year, you know, Houston had all the focus. They were the, you know, they were the team to to make the conference. A lot of the times, the talking heads give the American like a one bid, say that they're a one bid league, and that bid was, was going to be Houston, Memphis with with Penny and, and his giant of a center, uh, the freshman Musa Cisse. They they got all the hype, and then Wichita State comes in, low expectations for the season. No one really knows what they have jump you know exceed all expectations sneak in and take the conference and the number one seed uh getting the first round by this weekend in texas so uh potentially looking at the bracket here on friday at 12 noon that's an early game uh wichita state either takes on temple or usf uh you have a preference on which team the 
the Shockers face in the second round? Uh, I would say USF just because we played them on Saturday and won by about 20. Uh, last time we played Temple, I think it was a one-point game. So Okay. Yeah, uh, I, I would probably say USF. They got a lot of injuries right now with uh, Caleb Murphy and Lexus Yetna, but uh, for familiarity's sake, probably them. Okay, yes. Uh, yeah, it does look – I have the, the schedule up here. It looks like the – the Temple game was close, seventy to sixty-seven, and yeah, you guys blew the doors off the of USF uh, most recently. So yeah, so that would, I, what whoever Wichita State plays, I, I'm I'm definitely my money would be on the Shockers without a doubt. Uh, so that would hopefully, at least in this this guy's eyes, set up a Wichita State Cincinnati. Uh, matchup uh, in the uh, what technically the third round I don't know whatever whatever they're calling that that this year uh, which would be interesting one I think I, I give the edge to UC because we've beat SMU once way back in January and they've been off for a month so right I'm I'm hoping we we can pull the uh, pull the upset there uh, after that God help us. Uh, <laughs> But <laughs> so I, I, you know, I don't, I don't. That's that's the only upset I'm, I'm calling, uh, at least when it comes to the Bearcats this off season. But it'll be interesting to see that bottom half of the bracket. You have Memphis and Houston uh, will most likely have to play each other, uh, at least in the conference bracket I have filled out, which they played a great game this past weekend. I don't know if you got to yeah, see any of yeah. that. That buzzer beater was pretty epic. Uh, you know, great, great defense. Not so great offense, but yes, uh, that's AAC basketball, so yeah. it's not pretty. No, no, not at all. That was that was a good game, a good game for the conference, I think. Uh, so, I mean, on Sunday, on Sunday, how where do you think the Shockers will be? Will they will they be uh, in the championship? Will they will they uh, take the, the tournament as well? What's your outlook for the uh, the tournament? Uh, you know, if, if they play Cincinnati, I think Cincinnati matches up decently well with WSU. Um, I, I would really, I don't know. I think Chris Vogt has been playing, what, 10 to 20 minutes a game? For some reason, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, the best way I think to go at WSU is try to get our center, Udeze, in foul trouble because there's really no backup. Um, and it's a, it's a steep drop off after that. So, um, I don't know if it's Ethan or, or vote, but if you have a big guy, you can throw the ball into get Desley out of the game, then uh, that's going to have a big impact. But as far as getting to the final, um, yeah, I would say they have a decent chance at winning Saturday. Um, you know, just with all their experience seems to help in the conference tournament. Uh, <laughs> We do not match up well with Memphis at all. And, you know, we just beat Houston a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And I don't know the stats, but I don't think Houston loses twice to someone. I I think Kelvin is going to have – if they play WSU again, they're going to be ready to go. Um, So, you know, as far as, as, you know, NCAA tournament outlook goes, I think if they make it to Sunday and lose – I think we have to be in. 
I can't imagine a scenario where they're not going to make it in if they get two wins in the tournament. Um, if they get if they lose on Friday or Saturday, then uh, probably going to be sweating it. So, so I'm I'm, I'm sure you're studying uh, Joe Lenardi's tweets or, or releases on bracketology. Uh, have, what's the most recent uh, projection as is uh, for Wichita State? Yeah, I think Lunardi's got him at a twelve, um, but he's he's kind of bearish compared to the other guys. I think okay. on bracket matrix, they're uh, just above the last four in. I think maybe the fifth or sixth to last team in. Um, you know, a lot of the bubble teams have been losing a lot. I, there was you know two weeks we didn't play between before the Houston game, and we rose in the brackets just because all these other teams were losing. We weren't even playing games. Nice. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, and another interesting scenario, I'm curious your thoughts on this, is do you think it's possible for the AAC to get three? I mean, what if we get down to a Sunday championship, Wichita State plays Memphis, Memphis beats them. Do you get three teams in with a Houston, Memphis, and Wichita State? That's a great question, and you know I haven't had the foresight to really think about that. But I think uh, I think they'd have to. You know, I mean, it, yeah. it kind of depends on how some other things shake out. Uh, you know, like how the other bubble teams are playing. For for example, like Michigan State, they've been hot lately, but you know, they've beat all the right teams. But uh, but I mean, you know, Houston's in; they could they could opt out of the conf- of the tournament probably, and and say that they're yeah. still in. And you know, yeah, that, that'd be interesting. I I think you'd have to give the nod to three teams, which uh, I don't think very many people expected. No. Uh- you know, I think in order for that to happen, unfortunately, uh, you know, if Cincinnati were to get to the finals and they beat someone like Memphis, you know, I think only probably the winner of that game is getting in. I don't think Memphis, I don't think Memphis is getting in at large, uh, no matter what happens. No, I don't think so. Uh, even Pen- even though Penny's probably going to complain about that, but uh, <laughs> that's a story for another day. Yeah. Fly out to Wichita and play the game. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if they would have beat Memphis on Sunday, then they would probably be in right now. But uh, Tremont Mark, <laughs> yeah. got to give it to him. Yeah, for sure. He uh, he called bank. I think is is what people are saying. I don't know if he did for real or not, but why not? <laughs> bank on Sunday. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and it was a great game, a great ending to a great game. So, uh, Wichita State, I, I think, I, I think they'll find a way to find their way into the into the big dance. And then, of course, uh, along with with Houston, I'll be pulling for them pretty hard. And uh, and I mean, what else could this crazy season have in store for us in the craziest month of the sport? We can only. We can only uh, wait and see what is going to happen. Yeah, I, you know, I guess, you know, a lot of our, our team hasn't been testing for COVID for the last three months because, uh, you know, majority of them had it mm-hmm. uh, before the season started. 
so that for I guess it's like a 90 day window. You don't have to retest. And I think a lot of them just went off of that into February. So uh, it's going to be, uh, I'd be a little nervous looking at those test results every day, thinking, okay, a couple guys come back positive and then whole different story. It. And uh, yeah, exactly. I haven't heard anything from uh, the American conference or, or the facility that they're playing. But as far as I know, and, and the news that, that I've seen, Texas arenas is are hundred percent capacity is fine and no masks. I don't know what the uh, yeah. I don't know what the protocol is for you know fans coming to the game or you know if there's individual you know stipulations to be able to come that you still have to do those things. But who knows? <laughs> I don't know if it's the best idea, but I mean. Uh, you would think SMU would, would draw big. I mean, it's just across town. So, uh, yeah. If I, I was a Cincinnati fan, I, I, <laughs> yeah, I'd be thinking, uh, yeah, we need to limit that probably to uh, 20% or something. Uh, it's, it, it's, yeah. it's Texas. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, exactly. Eric, I, I want to do uh, one last thing here uh, with you before we jump off. You know, I want to you know say uh, appreciate you jumping on here with me and, and talking some basketball and some Wichita State hoops. Uh, one thing I like to do with my guests, though, which I stole this from another uh, podcast, is uh, you know in the in the uh, the conversation with some quick questions. Uh, you know, I, I call them quick hitters. It's just uh, quick questions and, and some quick answers to uh, to end the podcast on. Cool. All right, I'm ready. All right. So uh, four, four or five of them here for you. So it's, it's basketball season. Which, uh, which team in the conference are you most dreading interacting with or seeing their comments? Oh, Memphis, no doubt. <laughs> uh, I think the players there, the coach there, they just have, I mean, it seems like they just got this, you know, there's like Memphis against the world. I don't know where they got it, but uh, surprise, I don't think everyone's out to get them. Uh, but, you know, then the media in Memphis. They love they those that Yeah. Yes. It's I, I would crazy. Agree I haven't seen anything like it. it. It'd be the same for me. Now, a couple years ago, that answer for me would have definitely been UConn. Uh, especially as they were, you know, finishing in the in the bottom half of the conference, they were insufferable, and it was the conference's fault, not the program's oh, yeah. fault. Yeah. Uh, which I like to tweet that out every time you know the Bearcats lose. You know, this isn't our fault. This is the conference's fault. You know, just to pay uh, you know some respects to the Huskies that I don't think are winning the Big East this year. No. They're so. pretty. They're, I think they're a pretty solid team this year. Uh, I I don't think I want to play them. James Book Knight's a stud, but yes. Yes. Uh, you know, whenever we join the league, I think they thought Wichita was in South Dakota, so <laughs> that that got people uh, you know a little offended. You know, we're not on the East Coast or anything, but uh, you know, it's not South Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. I didn't know that. Uh... That's that figures. That's that that's that sounds about right for that fan base. Yeah. So so uh, 
kind of answered the first two there. So for Wichita State, uh, who do you who would you consider their their biggest rival, or you know the game uh, you guys get most uh, jazzed up about, uh, you know before it happens. Yeah, it's a tough question since we changed leagues. Uh, back in the Valley, it was definitely Creighton. Uh, that was just a really heated rivalry. Two schools that were very different, but also very competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, in the American, it's tough. I mean, back in the 70s and 80s, Tulsa was a huge rivalry. Um, but the last decade, we've we've owned Tulsa. Um, you know, the last couple of years, uh, road games down in Tulsa, Wichita State fans would pack up, and we would go fill half their arena. I mean, we would take a couple thousand fans down there, and they would just let us take over their arena. I mean, it's hard to, you know, create a rivalry when the other side's just like, eh, yeah, we're not that into this. But uh, after that first, you know, that first year with Cincinnati, I think a lot of people were thinking, okay, Cincinnati, Wichita State could be a big rivalry. Um kind of trickled off because we, we had a couple down years. And then this year, you know, John Brand is trying to get the guys, you know, the freshmen and sophomores up there going. So, you know, maybe next year that comes back to where we're both in the top 50 playing big games again. Um, we can only hope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that makes, that makes sense. Uh, it seems like it's always, you know, a, a regional – uh, rivalry where where you can, you know, hop, make a day trip out of it, hop in the car, and, and you know, make a make a day trip, which is which would be nice. Um, I, I feel as though uh, rivalries in the conference in this conference they are they're they're out of whack in in both football and basketball. You don't have a whole lot of tradition anywhere, so it's and then you you get some schools trying to force one uh, with another one, so. I don't know I, I, if the conference is uh, you know yeah. around that long. I think you know they'll they'll play themselves out. But for right now, it's I think it's kind of kind of weird and wonky how they they shake out. Yeah, you have. I mean, you have like the UCF, USF, the Houston SMU. But you know, outside of that, there's there's really no geographical um, you know close rivalries. So yeah, with with a league this young, it's just I think it's just going to take time and. Um. Yes, yeah, we'll see where it goes. I guess uh, WSU and Houston have played a lot of big games, but Houston's just beaten us the last you know six or the last seven times, so you can't really call that a rivalry either. Right, right. You got, you got. Yeah, I get that. That that, that works. That works though. So, last question here, Eric. Outside of Wichita State, either in the conference or or out, what's uh you know another hoops team that you just can't help yourself to root for? Uh, that's my surprising people, but I'm going to go with Houston. I just – I love the way they play. They just punk teams, you know. They just, they just beat them into the ground. It's it's great. And uh, I was kind of joking. I, I was hoping we were going to hire Kelvin Sampson because that guy, I don't know what he does in practice, but those guys, I, they, they play so dang hard and – Man, I just wish our team had a little bit more of that. But um, yeah, yeah I mean, they, they know when the jacket and the tie come off, it's game over for them, <laughs> or it's game over for somebody. 
Well, yeah, this year he's wearing the polo, so uh, <laughs> he doesn't really have that advantage. I know. Yeah, that's. I mean that that was always you know I mean they like showed that on on the broadcast. They're like, well, there goes the jacket, and there goes the tie. I, I miss that kind of stuff this year. Yeah. I, you know, I hope they have a good season. I think I think the league really needs a team to, you know, go to the Elite Eight, Final Four, um, really someone to step it up in the tournament because uh, the whole league has really dropped the ball. seems like the last three or four years we can't get out of the first or second round. Um, yeah, we need someone to, to really get the league's name out there and just, uh, you know, something, something big. Elite Eight, Final Four, I think that team – probably have to be Houston. All right. Well, let, let's see if we can't uh, make some uh, March Madness magic happen here uh, in the next couple of weeks. And uh, Eric, you know, I think the interview has been great. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, good insight for, uh, you know, the Bearcats fans here. And if uh, Wichita State goes on a deep run in March, maybe we'll uh, reach back out to you and uh, talk to you to the end of the season as well. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Uh, great talking to you. Absolutely, man. I appreciate it. And uh, good luck this weekend. Thanks. Same to you guys. Yes, sir.